You're listening to The Real Enneagram Podcast, a spiritual quest brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. Welcome back to a podcast entitled The Real Enneagram. A spiritual quest. Thank you for joining us today. Today we have myself, Erica Jobes, and of course, the wonderful Dr. Joseph Howell, and we have a very special guest. Dr. Howell, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes. Hi, Kate. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. This is Kate Finlayson, everyone, who lives in North Carolina and who is a very, very gifted human being. I was able to meet Kate first by Zoom at the International Enneagram Association, where she presented a workshop on her own creation, Dancing the Enneagram. I was fascinated. She takes the body, the mind, and the heart and puts them into actual movements with music and dance to each type. It's unbelievable how she channels this energy in front of people and how the energy comes in to her audience, into our bodies, just being in the presence of Kate. And there's more there than meets the eye because spirit is there as well. You can tell it. It's just electric in the room. She is author of a book, or co-author, I should say, with her co-author, Darlene, of Dancing the Enneagram. And it's a beautiful encapsulation of the vision of how they both did this and came up with writing down the concepts of something that's very difficult to express in words. It has to be really experienced, but they do it. Kate is also an expert in Naya, which is a dance form to exercise, and she has used some of those techniques in doing uh, dancing with the Enneagram. But basically, Kate, and this is why her presence may be so electrifying, she's really an actor. You may not know this, but she was in the movies Die Hard 1 and Die Hard 2. And she has a whole career of being in theater on many different levels, beginning with local theater on up. So we are in for a treat today with Kate. And we have some questions we'd like to ask you. I'll turn everything over to Erica now, our host, so that she can begin with uh, our interview. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to say, Joe, Kate recently came to one of our uh, training sessions at yes. the Institute for Conscious Being. And so in our program, Kate, we had kind of mentioned that you would be, we would be dancing the Enneagram and that you would, you would be teaching movement and, and this, this sort of thing. And it was really funny, you know, all these, you know, people in training are like, oh, I don't want to have to dance. I don't want to, I just hate that. I'm thinking I'm just going to sit in my room and, 
and blah, 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 you know, and, and of course, and I'm, I'm only saying that because I once was there, like I was that person that was like, I'm, I'm not doing that. And I've learned over the years and working with the Institute for Conscious Being that you just need to be participatory because just showing up and participating, I usually walk away going, I'm, I'm really glad I did that, you know, anyway. So I heard the before kind of grumblings of dance. What do you mean dance? What do you mean we're going to have to do that? And then afterwards, it was just really fun. I just get a lot of joy out of hearing all the people saying that was one of the best experiences I've ever had. You had a way of bringing people out of themselves and to experience spirit. I think like Joe mentioned in a way that we hadn't experienced before. So it was just really amazing. And so I guess for the listening audience, I want to start with asking you maybe how you first got involved with the Enneagram and how you were able to incorporate that into what you do now with it. Wow. Well, I, Erica, thank you. And Joe, thank you. I, I am a little overwhelmed with all that. And just thank you because more than anything, when I listen to what you shared, it's that they get me, they see me, they understand me, they resonate in the vibration of, of what I'm doing with this work. And it just feels so good. <laughs> thank you. Wow. The Enneagram came to me many years ago in 1996. My husband came back from a Richard Rohr men's retreat. I believe it was the very first one that Father Rohr did in the desert, you know, in Abiquiu. And while he was there drumming and dancing and, you know, with the men in the desert doing these vision quests and things, Hurricane Fran hit North Carolina. And I was alone in the dark hearing the trees fall down. I... I I had never been in the hurricane. My husband had grown up in Louisiana. I didn't know what it was, but it was life-changing in that instant for me to be in that. And it was also life-changing what was going on with him, learning about the Enneagram and learning about being a man in a way that was from a real spiritual sense. And when I called him after the hurricane, I called him and I said, I'm okay. I just wanted you to know. And he goes, what do you mean you're okay? He was out there, you know, in the middle of nowhere, not, not knowing what was in the news. But when he got back, he shared it with me. And I could see there was a change in him. I remember him saying these things to me about my being a woman that felt like he was seeing some aspect of me that I didn't even know about myself. And honoring that. And I liked the changes. He had Roar's book on the Enneagram and I looked at it, but boy, my ego couldn't go there. I would look at it and go, oh, I'm a little of that, a little of this, but I couldn't really receive the information. But I was fascinated by it. It, it poked a hole in something in me. And I sort of saved that book. I put it up on the shelf with Please Understand Me, which is a book I'd had about Myers-Briggs years ago and put it in that section, right? And then it was a year or two later, I went to visit my mother, who was a very active member of her Episcopal church in Fredericksburg, Texas. And she had a book on the shelf. 
And she had been to a workshop and she went on and on about it. And so I picked up that book and I, I felt the pull again. And then I, it went away. And even when I was doing my NIA training starting in 2005, so it started in 96. This is 2006. I'm in my blue belt training. And we were training in um, Black Mountain, which was at Montreat. And at Montreat was also an Enneagram training. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we were all eating in the cafeteria together. And I could just feel this vibration of pull. And it still wasn't enough. And then moving to Louisiana in 2010, I helped open this little place called Women's Center for Healing and Transformation. And one of the women there was an Enneagram person that had trained with Russ Hudson at the Enneagram Institute. She was a a psychologist and she was doing a workshop. And by that time, they had a test online where you could take a test because I could never figure out which one I was. I just assumed I was in the heart center, but I I wasn't a two, three, or four, but, you know, whatever. And I took that test, and it blew my freaking mind. I walked in with the results, and I showed it to my husband, and he's like, oh, my God, this explains everything. And he apologized to me, you know, and, and he just said, this is what it is. And I knew in that moment, and when I took the workshop, I knew I had to go train, and I knew that this was something that was melding with my NEA work, because the whole time I was in the workshop, I kept wanting to move. I kept learning about these types, and she would say the body center and the head center, and I'm like, I want to move these parts. (laughs) I started training at the Enneagram Institute that next year. We moved back to North Carolina, and It took a long time. It was like I had to ingest this, that this was a true spiritual practice. This wasn't just this system of typing, right? Wow. This was the journey that I had to get into my body after being not present in my body, disassociated most of my life. This work of coming into my body now, on top of being in my body, I was actually having a way to use all this movement and everything that I'd learned through Nia about integrating into my fullest potential that mapped out to this higher essence of ego work with the Enneagram. And I didn't know how to do it, but I knew that spirit was saying, you got to get with the program. (laughs) This is your life work. That's what I got. So I know that's kind of a long version, but it it's why when I introduce the Enneagram to anybody, it may not click with you now, but just let it, it may seed because it was definitely seeding and growing in me for a long time and kept pulling me back. And from 96, really until 2012 or 2013, until I really, truly embraced it. And then from then on, forget it. It has been a tool Number one, for my marriage. Wow. Oh, my God. And my husband's own spiritual work and practice. He was raised Episcopalian, but a practicing Buddhist. And the Enneagram and his work with Roar and his work, he taught yoga and meditation in the prison locally here in Orange County, North Carolina. And all the work of the Enneagram just infiltrated all of that work that he did as well. 
And he's also the author of a book called Nine Paths to Forgiveness. That's for incarcerated individuals, helping them to, I thought I'd throw that out, but yeah, I'm so proud of him. And he said that doing dancing the Enneagram, doing the play shops with me helped him actually embody the work of writing the book. He is a writer, but it, he said that really informed him as well. Wow. The so, body, man, it's where it's at. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of us, like you said, you were kind of disassociated from your body. And I think oh. a lot of us experience that, not even knowing it, you know. Tell us a little bit about Dancing the Enneagram. Like, what have you come into with that? Well, I started doing NIA in 2005, and NIA originally stood for non-impact aerobics. It was a fitness class, but its creators really knew that it was a mind, body, spirit, and emotional practice. They knew that piece of emotion was important, and that's what really attracted me as an actor and as being a very emotional being and finding that way to make a living, I think that there was a fitness class where I could dance and be all these different aspects of who I was using these different movement forms, the martial arts, dance arts, and healing arts. I'd been a yoga practitioner for 13 years, but it's very type one. <laughs> you know, there was this jazz person that wanted to come and this Taekwondo and this Tai Chi person that was in there that wanted to come out, which is really the Enneagram, right? You know, it's these other parts of us that we need to integrate fully into. And so Nia got me into my body. You know, I think yoga started it, but I think the integration of my body, mind, spirit and emotions were fully able to be in the expression of dancing it. May, may, I interrupt, may I interrupt yes, you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that you didn't ever say, unless I missed it, what ego type you identified with. Oh, I, I haven't yet. Do you want me to do that now? I'm sorry, <laughs> whenever you wish. I didn't okay. know. So this discovery of Nia and then doing the training, which is done like martial arts with belts, you do, do belt system. As I got higher up in the belts, the black belt is all about the unknown. And there is something that my ego type doesn't <laughs> particularly have a relationship with the unknown except to anticipate and get excited about, right? <laughs> the unknown that's kind of ucky isn't very comfortable. And so that should tell people, well, they may not, but the type that my husband was so amazed at was that it was a seven. My husband identifies as type one. So here we were, these, the seven and the one in this dance for many years in our marriage. So to, to go back to that for a minute, but this idea of not knowing what's coming next and being okay if it's not good or not exciting or not fun has been the medicine more than ever that's helped me through COVID. I'm just going to say the Enneagram has saved me during this time. And I just got off track a little bit there, but it's identifying as one of the things that I learned through you, Joe, that calling your integration point, the soul child takes me to that. And my soul child came alive during COVID. That's the deepest relationship I had with my soul child. And I think the NIA work and becoming a NIA trainer for many years and going deep into this practice 
made me believe and have the confidence to do Dancing the Enneagram. Because as a trainer, I'm traveling and meeting people and bringing people into this practice of learning how to love being in their body, which as you said, Erica, <laughs> we have a culture that it's, it's sort of like the shallow part of being in the body, right? To get plastic surgery, to make ourselves look better, or to go work out at the gym, you know, your body is a battleground, get fit or go home, you know, that kind of macho sense of how we get fit or the punishment of the body for being bad, for eating too much or whatever, like to really honor the body and honor digestion and honor that you have emotional needs that sometimes, you know, we may want to eat to fill those emotional needs. All of those things were addressed in my Nia practice. But what wasn't was the ego. And even in my best friend, Scott, who's a yoga teacher, he says, oh, yoga is all about, you know, getting enlightened or whatever. But, oh, the egos in the yoga world. And it's just true in any business, in any world. It's what we deal with, you know. And right now, what I see in our politics, our business or who we look up to as leaders, you know, truth, wisdom, love, right? Where's that? <laughs> and for me, that's what the Enneagram keeps calling me to my highest wisdom, to my highest truth, to authentic love, like love that's, that's not grasping from, you know, overeating because I'm trying to feed something, you know, the gluttony of type seven, man, boy, do I know about that. I need something. What do I need? I gotta, gotta have it now like that. And COVID just went boom. No, you can't have anything. Oh my God. <laughs> so I think my work has taken me to a point where again, with every new variant, I'm called back to type five and I am grateful that I understand what's going on because boy, how do, do I see friends and family members that are so off balance and I'm not, I really, I, I go emotionally on the roller coaster, the Corona coaster, as we like to call it, the Corona coaster. And certainly have grieved more and cried more in the last couple of years than ever but from a really deep place, like from my deep pelvic floor, <laughs> as Philip Shepard would say, you know, from deep belly breath, from deep angst and pain for humanity. Ooh, I know I can just kind of go on and on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm hearing so many things from you. You know, knowing that the ego type seven is in that mind center, you know, where, you know, it's easy to live up in the, the strategies and the beliefs and the thinking, you know, and how you've been able to bring yourself down into your body. And then you talked about that for a minute. And then you kind of moved into some feeling. And, you know, as you have, I guess, self-remembered, that your soul child is at that point five where you can have the, um, the sobriety of the, the virtue of the seven and you can observe and you can be grounded at the five. I, I saw you integrating, you know, the feelings of the crying and the, from a deeper place. And then of course, 
you know, living that out through the dance. And so I guess, you know, for you, the Enneagram probably puts a lot of vocabulary around that spiritual journey of integrating your body and your heart. Oh, Erica, totally. And, and what I found in being at the Institute for Conscious Being, the Camp McDowell, the training that was there, the invitation, and I still am so grateful what that did for me in allowing me this sort of in-between place. Like it's not the Enneagram Institute, it's not NIA, right? And I was able to receive so much wisdom from all the teachings that I received there that nourished where I am with the Enneagram, you know, that fed on that. And being with a group of people after not doing, you know, I'd only done dancing the Enneagrams online up to that point. Even the Enneagram, the International Enneagram Association was taped. It was online, right? That I was with you all mm-hmm. and the energy of being in the space and having that Aikido energy, this energy of the give and the take, the yin and the yang, the receiving and giving back, it was, it's almost like I will never take that for granted again. And it was giving me this new perspective of my work and the possibility, because I've been traveling in 2019, I was going to a lot of NIA communities where people, you know, dance. So they're, they're dancing in their body. They know about that, but they don't know about the Enneagram. And every so often there would be an Enneagram person that would be attracted to come in that wasn't really a body-centered person or a dancer, but they were drawn to that work. And I learned so much from them coming into their bodies for the first time. The Nia people were like, oh my God, this explains my daughter, or this explains my problem at work, or, oh my God, I have so much compassion for my mother now, you know? (laughs) So I knew there was something valuable there, but at the ICB event, it was looking at all of these people from all walks of life, a lot of therapists, spiritual directors, ministers, people that, like you said, wanted to go hide. I mean, I could tell, trust me, that very first day, I'm like, oh, and and Joe had asked me, you know, like, now make sure you can do it for people that may be a little shy. And I was like, I get it because I understand the Enneagram. I know the very first workshop I did, you know, I call it play shop, was this very serious five friend of mine who was not a dancer. And he came back to the second one and totally dove in. And I was like, that gives me hope. So that (laughs) made me believe when I got interviewed by the gang, Nan and the gang and Joe. And I was like, I'm saying that I can believe we can do it for all people. But this was me stepping into a little risk of just, I know once I get there, I'll know how much to do and how to do it. And that to me was the miracle. Mm -hmm. The miracle was that my gut feeling when I went to the website and when I met Joe online, and I had met Nan before and loved her and my friend Renee, who made the contact, it was like, I love all these people already. I have to trust that. I have to trust my heart knowing. My heart knows this is the right thing. Mm-hmm. 
And it's the deeper work, I think, is how I have to do it through my own spiritual lens, right? And this book, which I ordered as soon as I got home, Joe's book, how it just flowed through me. And I'm like, I, I think I said to you at one time, Joe, I went, I feel so at home, you know, and I think it's people who are truly doing the work of the Enneagram, which is what ICB does, truly doing it. There's nobody walking around with a false mask on. There's nobody pretending because you can't do it. I remember when Russ said one time at the Enneagram Institute, he goes, this group, everybody is here and everybody is present. And I could tell it was different than some of the other trainings I've had. He said it and I was feeling it. It's like there's no, ugh, you know, and it's not in judgment I say that because I know I have it ugh, in certain situations. And I, Joe, I've just loved <laughs> your daily reads that are about that and your honesty. And it's just to be in a room where I know everybody is willing to have the courage to really go deep. Yeah, if, if we keep it cerebral. You know, if we learn the Enneagram and we just keep it at typology and we memorize all the nuances of every different ego type and we talk about the ego types and we, you know, go deeper about the ego types. And we talk more about the me, the me, the me and the me of the ego of me. And if we keep it cerebral, often we're not present. And I think someone like you, Kate, that when you came in and you were just really, you know, present with us and part of the work of working with the body is to bring us into the room, like Russ Hudson was talking about, to bring us into the present. And I think that's why your dance was so incredible because people found themselves dropping out of that. I'm here to memorize everything there is to know about the Enneagram. I mean, the work of the ICB is to say, Hey, there's so much more than that. You know, uh, what we want to do is integrate the three intelligence centers and we want to be whole we don't want to live up in our heads. We don't want to, you know, wallow around in our feelings. We don't want to be stuck in our bodies. We want to integrate the three. And I think your work really spoke to that. And I think it was why we resonated so deeply with you, because the work of the Enneagram is to, for many of us, the intellectuals who are the type of people who take on a training anyway about the Enneagram, right? The people who want to intellectually learn it. Right. You took them straight into their bodies through dance, you know, and, and for a moment, for those moments, you're not thinking. Can you speak to that any? I, I think I, you could probably speak to that better than I can. I don't know. I know this. I know in learning through Nia to stay present in my body, to allow sensations to be the language of the body. And to guide me to health, you know, I had been told by doctors that I'd have to have a knee operation and my hip was this and all these things that were wrong with my body, why I had this chronic pain. And I really do believe that our bodies are designed to heal. They're designed for that. And there is the capacity to heal when we really listen and honor it and love it. And for somebody that I was very physical in my life and yet I wasn't really in my body. So I played sports and I did a lot of active things in my life, but to really be with my liver, 
my lungs, I never could have smoked three packs a day if I'd actually been in relationship with my lungs or drank a six pack or (laughs) my liver, my heart would have just, you know, I can't just sit and veg out on the couch. My heart wants to pump more. It wants to, you know, it likes that. It's like a muscle that needs to go, you know, that's true. My teeth don't want those things in between them. So it makes me want to floss, right? Oh my God, these things. It tells me, it tells me to take better care of it. It desires that. And if I can be present and learn about my body through the eight, nine, and one, if I can develop those healthier gut instincts about choice and discernment, then I'll be happier. And that's really what I want more than anything is to be happy. So might as well get on board. Where can our listeners find more information about your, I know you're the creator of Dancing with the Enneagram. Where can they find out more information about you? There is a website, Dancing the Enneagram. Oh, no, it's my, my website is katefinlayson.com. Sorry. katefinlayson.com okay. and all the Dancing the Enneagram stuff is on there. And right now, I mean, in 2019, I had so many play shops booked all across the country and they all didn't happen. I did two online. I am really right now in the unknown about when it's going to happen next. And I'm trusting where I'm taken. You know, I mean, it's in his hands kind of. I I mean, my ambition, my drive right now, I'm cool, right? I feel the winter coming on. I feel my five going okay, Kate, we're going to go in and we're going to do some deep work. Like that's where I'm at. But it doesn't mean that I'm not creating. There's a workshop that I am going to work with a friend of mine who's a therapist who is really deep into IFS, internal family systems, in working that with the Enneagram. And I'm creating on the subtypes. Joe taught me some, some new tidbits with the subtypes. And I'm, I want to do a dancing, the instinctual variants or the subtypes that will come in 2022. Like I'm making that vow to myself and continue to do work because the word dance is what people sometimes cringe at. But once they get over, because it's just the ego going, I can't dance or I don't like to dance or this is stupid. You know, I get it. I totally get it. But we are designed to feel joy as human beings. And music is a way to tap us into that, regardless of what kind of music it is. And music and movement creates a magic, creates something. And you integrate that in the work of the Enneagram. To me, I just have these visions for what is possible in using the beautiful sacred geometry and using space and connection to that beautiful circle and that beautiful triad and that beautiful hexad. So there's a lot of things working in my body and in my spirit that can make it accessible to anybody. And this is people sitting in a chair, you know, in a wheelchair with limited mobility. It's possible to connect to it in your body. Is If you're alive, your heart is beating. There's an inner drum there. 
there is something happening in your digestive system. There's movement in a, even a body that's still, it's still in movement, but you get what I'm saying, right? If, if you don't, I know it's a little weird, but the Enneagram is alive in our cells. I mean, that's how I feel. I know I can say that to y'all and you get what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, it's in our DNA. Yeah. Yes. You, yes, that's why I rest with you. And I wish our listeners could see you. You just, you look radiant. You do embody spirit. And I, I can't even tell you how much we all enjoyed being in your presence. So I really hope that the Institute is able to work with you again, because it was just phenomenal, Kate. And we wanted to have you on this podcast because we just wanted to introduce you know, our listeners that have not been able to come to a training or to some of our in-person events, we wanted to introduce them to you because it was just such a great experience for us. So thank you for being on our podcast today. It's just been a lot of fun talking to you and, and listening to you and watching your expressions as you talk. You know, you're just so lively and how you explain things. It's just a lot of fun. So thank you for that. Thank you, Erica. Oh my gosh. I so respect you and felt just in a way in awe. I loved watching everything you did and that you're, you're a mom yeah. of a little bitty. And I'm like, how does she do? How does she do that? Oh my God. I just, I witnessed in just like this deep admiration for your journey of healing in the Enneagram. And you were evident and raw with it and truthful and your sense of humor totally won me over. Well, thank you. Thank you. You have to have a sense of humor, you know, you have to get to get through. So Joe, do you have any final thoughts? I would just like to remind everyone that to reach Kate, you can go to her website, which is Kate Finlayson, F-I-N-L-A-Y-S-O-N.com. And you can see all that she does and you can communicate with her if you would like consultation or a workshop or anything for her to present. And I promise you will be inspired. Absolutely. And to our listeners, we'd like to welcome you to send us any questions or comments to therealenneagram at gmail.com. You can also find us at theicb.org. We'd love to hear from you. And once again, we're very honored that you took this time to spend with us for this podcast. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you both. Thank you, Dr. Joe. I'm so grateful. (laughs) Well, thank you, Kate. And I hope we get to see you soon. That wraps up another episode of The Real Enneagram, brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. If you're interested in furthering these conversations, please reach out to us through our Instagram at The Real Enneagram. Or if you're interested in our upcoming trainings or other resources, please visit our website, www.instituteforconsciousbeing.org. Thanks for listening.